there's demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside Welcome Scared Cats, it is time for the Tex Chris Day of Saw Massacre Here we go, Uh Frankenfish edition It's happening Finally uh-huh. I, well, I mean, that's not even fair. Like, I thought finally for Frankenfish was going to be seven years of losing Twitter poll after losing Twitter poll after losing Twitter poll. I was preparing for it. I voted for Blood Diner. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Blood Diner lost, which we got to put that one back on the polls. I say Blood Diner is the new Frankenfish. The new Frank lowest lowest common denominator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, we'll run a poll every time and we'll start giving four options and whatever is the lowest one is the one we'll push yep. most aggressively. So yep. watch the next This time. is moment one or step one for the hype train for Blood Diner. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have some big Twitter <laughs> outpouring of support. So we're recording this um, way far in advance. But mm-hmm. at the time that you and I are sitting down here, this Twitter poll concluded yesterday. We reached out to all of you on Twitter and said, which movie should we watch? And our options were... Uh, we had Blood Diner, mm-hmm. The Ruins, yeah, and... Frankenfish, the original loser of our very first Twitter poll. Which was Frankenfish versus Extra. Extra. Yeah. And so as if you were around for that, you might if you haven't, hop back and listen to that episode. We give a good rundown of what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't want to watch Extra. Um, I did want to watch Frankenfish. <laughs> so I tried very hard to um, turn this Twitter poll in my favor by reaching out to my friends and family. I was immediately discovered and defeated. Um, yeah, we both we both really um, heavy handedly uh, steered that poll as yeah. best we could to the result to the result that we wanted. Yeah. But this one yesterday, we each just voted once. We said, you know what, yeah. let's just let Twitter take this in the direction it wants. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to start fucking around. No, because um, it, also, if you remember, um, I started trying to doctor the poll when you told me for sure Extra was going to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it put a little chip on my shoulder. Yeah, that got under your skin a little bit, and yeah. you felt the need to release the Dave Twitter army mm-hmm. in its full force, and then I released the Chris Twitter army. Yeah, and if we had both removed our support, and it was just our one and one vote, and we let Twitter take care of it, Frankenfish would have, again, lost by a mile. You think? It was. <laughs> it was losing by a mile. I'm wondering, because, I mean, I just... Christy has such a great Twitter following and just using her and her accounts just allowed me to really guarantee extra to win. Dude, I got like six people. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and like, while it was fun to just like Trump and win this time with the poll. And I think for future polls, we're just going to vote once, you yeah. know, true spirit of democracy and let everyone else take it. Frankenfish, I think because of the last one, um, because it failed last time and we talked about it so much and because it sounds so ridiculous, <laughs> really took on a life of its own. We have um, one of our favorite fans in particular really pushed it. And I think that helped take it to the finish line. Yeah. 42% to 40 Frank Fish over the ruins. It was very close. You described it as a roller coaster, which is exactly what it was. Because Frankenfish was the dead last choice. Yeah, for and, the first like half day. Yeah, until a very dedicated scaredy cat came to my defense and... Mm-hmm. Did what I was not able to do in the first Twitter poll, and in a not a landslide victory, but definitely like a landslide shift in momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, a great scaredy cat, Zena. Zena, you you are I'd say responsible for this because hundred percent. Yeah. If Zena didn't share it with her friends, then I don't know if it would have gotten to forty two percent. So mm-hmm. I think it's right that we dedicate this episode to Zena. 
Um, this episode goes out to Xena, mm-hmm. and a little half goes out to um, Tess from the first Twitter poll who tried very, very hard to win Frankenfish she for did. us. She did. Dedicate a little bit to her as well. And I almost, I don't want to say that it's just your victory, because I really, <laughs> with this, like with Frankenfish round two, I really was on, while I voted for Blood Diner, because I didn't <laughs> want to watch Blood Diner, I'm kind of team Frankenfish. I kind of want to see what the hell this is all about. I desperately do. <laughs> you, so you must have discovered this when you were looking for a counter option to Extro by just like going to Simon Barrett's IMDb. No, man. How did how did you even? Because I had never heard of this before the Extro Frankenfish poll. Okay, I've um, never heard this title. Wow. Okay, my I have a history with some friends whose father, despite everyone else in the family not wanting to watch this movie. It's like, let's watch Frankenfish. They get together as a family to watch it. Excuse me? Like, this isn't, this movie wasn't (laughs) released. This is a TV movie. This is like a random TV horror movie from 2004. Uh And it happened to be at a very small video store on DVD (laughs) in this particular story. And it's got to be it. So it gets thrown on. Mm -hmm. In moments, everyone but the father leaves the room and he watches it alone. Loved it. Wow. And from then on, I just always knew it as my shitty horror movie joke suggestion. Really? 100%. Wow. So this does have way more significance for you than I originally thought. In a very silly way, I I suppose. But I think it's terrible. I think it's a waste of time. But that's also what I thought about Extro and why I threw that at you. (laughs) (laughs) And um, another thing I'd like to add to this whole Twitter thing about whether or not I'm going to leave it Democratic, I just had no hope that I could beat like the ruins you know, I that's why I didn't try, man, <laughs> because I thought in the first Twitter poll, it was bad against bad and I had a chance. Isn't that so like life, the son of a bitch that life is, that once we <laughs> give up hope, once we walk away from something, then it's like, fine, you can have it, right? I feel like that's my experience of existing up until now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, once it doesn't, like once you've been broken enough. <laughs> once you're mature enough to not give a fuck, then you get what you formerly wanted. For the most part, yeah. yeah. The more you want something, the less likely you're going to get exactly. it. Exactly. It sucks, but being alive sucks. I th- feel like I passed the desire torch down to like um, down to Zena, who like ran with it and made this happen. Just otherwise, we'd be watching the ruins. Otherwise, we'd be watching the goddamn ruins, and I will not watch that on this podcast. Never, never. It's never going to happen. Stop asking for it. it Don't look if for it got, the ruins. If it got last place, then maybe we'd push it. But for now, Blood Dimer, Blood. <laughs> <laughs> But now Blood Diner is the new Frankenfish. First podcast we're drinking on in a long time. Oh, dude. Cheers to that. Like 20, 30 episodes. But what better time to drink while recording a podcast than Frankenfish? Motherfucking Frankenfish. The movie that may require it for us to get through. (laughs) Okay. Well, things Frankenfish does have going for it. It's directed by Mark A.Z. DePay. Is that (laughs) something that it has going for it? (laughs) The reason is that is something going for it is this is the guy who was somehow involved with the visual effects for Jurassic Park and The Abyss. Yes, this is part of my reasoning behind why this is a good choice. Yeah. At the at the inset against Extra. So but he also the only other feature that he directed was Spawn, which is before this. And Mm. Spawn, I'd I'd be curious to watch. It's not really a horror movie, but it's it's really like it's reflected on as like some aspects of it are incredible. Some aspects of it are just straight up terrible. Yes. It's uh, Michael Jai White is the guy who plays Spawn. You've it's, seen you've seen this one? Yes. Um, it is, interestingly enough, I believe it is the first, because Spawn is like from the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope I'm right about that. Um, his comic book character, vague, like good versus evil superhero. Okay. Uh, kind of in the vein of like Venom, but 
Michael J. White was in that, if you look at it that way, he was the first person to, um, the first uh, African-American to portray a superhero. Oh, wow. In movies. Cool. Yeah, which which is really interesting. Um, he's an incredible martial artist. <laughs> I just That's why I've seen Spawn, because I really like Michael J. White. Does he like apply those martial arts yeah. in this movie yeah spawn fucking uses martial arts every superhero uses martial arts <laughs> i just assumed that he was kind of like a broody like every image i've seen of spawn is just that cape that every... weird clown makeup and he does he attacks people <laughs> mm. yeah yeah I, I don't know i just maybe thought like, it was like some kind of telekinetic power yeah in every superhero thing that's ever happened one punches the other in the face that's how you fight crime right that's what it all boils down to mm. so yeah so i i enjoy spawn i think it's a good movie Cool. And Michael J. White's awesome. <laughs> um, things it doesn't have going for it. It was written by Scott Clevenger. You know that guy, Dave? No. Oh, no? You don't know him? Oh, well, he was the ninth writer on the Finding Nemo knockoff shark bait. <laughs> so how, how you haven't heard of him, I have no idea. <laughs> and also the 18th writer on the Madagascar ripoff Koala Kid. <laughs> Dude, he went from ninth writer to 18th writer on a <laughs> ripoff animation movie? <laughs> yeah. Wow, no, that's, I don't know. He's like fourth or fifth, right. but it's just like <laughs> it's insane to be involved with a project that's such a blatant yeah. ripoff, and then also to not even be like one of the writers, but like one of so many writers. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, stars. Guess who's in this movie? No one. They don't have names. No MDB credits. <laughs> no one's in this movie. Wait, why am I connecting this to Simon Barrett? Um, because Simon Barrett wrote this fucking thing. He wrote, right, of course. He, yeah, Scott Clevenger was the other writer. So Scott Barrett was one so of the they, writers. I don't know. They if brought he, in a, a real, real heavy-handed writer guy. Yeah, a guy known. Beef this one up. A guy known for just hopping in late to a project and sharpening up the writing. <laughs> so Simon Barrett didn't even probably get final draft on this. He wrote it yeah. with, along this, this, alongside this guy. Um, and even Simon Barrett himself in one interview I found was hilariously disparaging about this project. Yeah. And another one he released around the time that's something about birds. Is that right? Another kind of creature feature it sounded like. Oh. Um, but he said, for all their faults, they had beginning, middles, and ends. So he's like... <laughs> that's such a great thing to say about a movie. Which is hilarious. And Simon Barrett, if you guys all don't follow Simon Barrett on Twitter, he is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And please yes. follow him. It's a great follow. And also, is he romantic partners with Adam Wingard as well? I don't know. I saw a photo of the two of them on the red carpet, like holding hands and like leaning in close. And I'm like, oh my God, are they like actually a couple? And I can't find anything anywhere to indicate one thing or the other. And like, I shouldn't like care or want to pry, but I kind of love that if they are actually like a couple as well. That's worth looking into and like being like hopeful about. I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything. So I don't think they're overly public about it if they are but i just found an image i don't know if they were trolling or just like showing affection through holding hands on a red carpet but i was like if you go to imdb simon barrett and scroll through the photos there's a photo of the two of them holding hands on a red carpet and i'm like hell yeah i want you two to be a power couple that would be the the greatest yeah yeah and get like a quiet place out of them or something (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh but that being said like i think i think we're still going to see some good simon barrett films but i'm worried about the future of adam wingard what makes you worried about that? Um, well, he, he, like Death Note was written horribly. Like that, 
that movie, I actually want to rewatch it because some of the direction, of course, it's Adam Wingard. Yeah. Some of the scenes are incredible. Like That's, they just look amazing, but the writing is dog shit. I've just seen so many little clips that make me want to watch it. But yeah, you watch gave me it. this like, don't want, like, it's not good. No, I want you to watch it. I there don't want to be disappointed. Well, the writing, <laughs> I can't handle that. The writing is so bad and it's like so painful. The teenage dialogue is just ridiculous and atrocious and um, even like, I don't know, Willem Dafoe is all right in it. But there are just some scenes that are shot so incredible. Like the final sequence with the Ferris wheel is so fucking good. Okay. And the music is amazing. Of course, he chooses amazing people to score his music. He was the first one to discover um, like the guys who do the score for Stranger Things. He mm. uses them in so much of his movies way before Stranger Things. Uh, made that, that iconic theme. Okay. So if he was like, he, he's trying to follow the like the tracks laid by the Death Note um like book comics right bookie comics yeah well he's adapting the yeah yeah so yeah. I, I mean i wonder if that influenced like the quality of like some of the dialogue I, I, that's not quite so damning for me that if it's like the sequences were good or it's all about yeah it's all about music few choice sequences but you have to you have to wade through a lot of kind of pain hmm. to get there which is why like i think that combo is the most incredible sure. thing that simon barrett writing for adam wingard is like unbelievable but now I'm curious to see because while Adam Wingard has now gone off and he did Death Note alone and he's doing this King Kong movie for a big studio, like yeah. a $50 million one. I'm curious to see how that turns out. Um, Simon Barrett is also writing projects for other people. He's got sure. this techno thriller that was written. I thought it was going to be directed by Fede. Um, what's his face? Who did Evil Dead and Lights Out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But apparently he's just producing it and there's some other director doing it. But either way. Well, because, well, yeah, probably because he's doing something else. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which we retweeted his Twitter poll of what movie should I do next? Evil yeah. Dead or two or lights out two. Uh, there's what was the great response on that? It's like somebody said like both sequels, like yeah. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do something different. That being said, I'll take an Evil Dead two. Evil Dead two would be good. Yeah. I would love to see like a Especially Gross Army of Darkness or something. Yeah. Well, because that first Evil Dead remake is incredible. It it's was such a great, great horror movie and it's different enough from the original to stand mm-hmm. on its own. Yeah, I think that would be great. What was the other one? Uh yeah, uh, lights out. Too. Lights out too. No, no, not at all. That no. is a self-contained unit. It's fine. Fuck off. Or no, was it Don't Breathe too? Don't breathe. It was totally Don't, don't Breathe, breathe too. too. And no, no, that was what? Way worse. What's? What are you talking about? <laughs> that movie was done. Yeah, and like now that A Quiet Place has come out, like don't do that. <laughs> no, the concept is we're let's move on. Yeah, but it's just so characteristic of the horror genre that once something does well, yeah. it has to get beaten to death with a couple spinoffs. I guess so. That's like, it's we so sad for some it. of those, like some of the, like a premise like that, you, it doesn't merit a sequel. It just fucking doesn't. And the, the only consolation that we can find is that 10, 20 years from now, all the knockoffs will be filtered out and we'll only remember the first don't breathe or the first quiet place. Yeah. Hopefully. So all right. It still pisses me off. When the body of a man is found completely destroyed in the swamps in Louisiana, where you're going to be headed soon, the medical investigator, Sam Rivers, wow, real original name, Sam Rivers, (laughs) is assigned to investigate the murder. Sam Bayou. Yeah, might as well be. (laughs) My name is Sam Bayou. Sam Bayou? No, Sam. Just a Bayou. Whatever is close. (laughs) Yeah, yeah right. um, it's from 2004. Um, it's dealing with some genetically engineered fish on the bayou. What I found interesting, this is just right on the top of Wikipedia, but mm-hmm. um, the film is based on the snakehead fish incident of Crofton, Maryland. Oh, tell me is? more. No. Um, it's way less interesting than you'd think. Um, 
Crofton, this place was in national news in late June, early July 2002, um, after a northern snakehead fish was discovered in a local pond. They're super aggressive little motherfuckers that, um, as an invasive species, were like totally fucking that up. So they went in with poison and fucked up all these fish. Oh, shit. And I think they found like six that were full full size and then a shitload of juveniles killed them all they just wanted to wipe out the species yeah right from the get-go yeah so and then it sparked this whole national discussion about invasive species and the the story goes on from there but this is one big somewhat huge inciting incident about invasive species in the water um and then there's like they it's been deified in a way by these six adults like represent the the story okay so i feel like um in what i've read about frankenfish we're gonna have six mutant <laughs> frankenfishies causing problems and that is the kickoff point for where this story was based on actual events which is how i wanted to open this podcast frankenfish based on a true event <laughs> <laughs> i would love that if there's something that that lends so well to like a concept film such as this if you have six main ones mm. and that's all the objective like scott pilgrim of going through all six yeah. of them you know what i mean beat this one this yeah. one has each one has its own particular genetic yeah it's better than mutation. two or three it's better than like just a limitless pack of them or uh-huh. a crowd or uh-huh. whatever six that gives them all Good sort of number. their own little bit of personality or you get the sequence with number two and three in this sequence and then they're done i like that too it really ha- your brain can wrap around all the variables in play. Yeah, it maps out like a kind of expectation for the rest of the hour and yeah. 19 minutes, I assume this movie is. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of lays out where you're going to go. <laughs> it's it's a nice way to kind of set up the dominoes, as you like to say, before knocking them over. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think it's going to be very simple. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, now that we've got these drinks flowing, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. But before we do that, it's time to go to a little segment we like to call Scare and Tell. Scare and Tell. For Scare and Tell today, I, this past week, did a double feature of two very similar films, Mm. The Babysitter and Better Watch Out. Dude, nice. So these make a great double feature because they're both about boys who are too old to be babysat, being babysat by an attractive older babysitter, Mm -hmm. and just kind of what unfolds from there. All right? Yep. Babysitter... I give like 1.5 stars <laughs> out of five, two oh. out of a hundred. <laughs> Whoa. I, I really, really did not like the babysitter. I found it so annoying. I found it's like <laughs> lack of heart and character and good writing, like was trying to be eclipsed by a way too heavy handed post-production thing that you talked about when mm-hmm. you had seen it. Like the stupid, yeah. like attempt to be Scott Pilgrim of just like throw in like, you know, title cards and weird effects and yeah, text messages on the screen and you just can, yeah. dialogue to like titles for like a weapon or a character. And there are, there is a time and place for things like that. Mm-hmm. Edgar Wright does it very well, but if you don't have a good story yes. on which it's founded and which it like improves or enhances, then it just falls extra flat. It just makes a bad movie worse than it is. Okay. So I, I really, really, did not like that. I felt like it was a nothing story. This whole <laughs> idea of sacrifice was just not convincing in the slightest. Like they didn't take that concept far enough. Not at all. They like barely explored it. There's just, you know, she, why she has these five friends there with her and they're taking over this kid's house and they're not concerned about seeing death or the police coming or the no. kid getting away. And yeah. And then like that, they're just, the kid is dealing with these people one at a time where the other five are just somehow just killing time in other like none of it <laughs> none of it added up 
there were a very few things that and moments that I did like. There are like, a few good ones. Yeah. There are a few good deaths. Like I I did really like um the kid driving the car off the ramp through the house at the end to get like that was that, satisfying. They, and they staged that well with his little his little remote control car that he jumps. Like they they bookend that little they do. thing they do. nicely and it's the most satisfying part of the whole movie for sure. Yeah. There's a few a few good ideas. Blowing in there. up underneath the house, like showing him hiding there and screwing the stuff in. Mm-hmm. I thought there were a couple good kills at the very least. Yeah. And but like that a couple good kills does not a movie make. Well, okay, and one thing, there's two things that thinking back, because I haven't seen or thought about this in a while, but mm-hmm. when I did talk about it on my scare and tell, I didn't mention what I did think was a good choice is whenever he was on the school bus talking with his one friend, mm-hmm. all the other kids were in slow motion doing like just being kids like throwing shit at each other they were the only two going at normal speed right and they did that two or three times i thought that was a great little effect to show his like world being different than everybody else's a little bit yeah really thought that was good um and then the dude who doesn't have a shirt on who just chases him around the house and eventually gets hung Mm -hmm. his spine comes out the little like half relationship that him and the kid have that was entertaining the one little like and I just wish it took place in the context of a better story overall. That would make sure. more sense. But it was kind of hilarious that he would he instantly flipped from being this guy who's trying to kill the kid to a guy who's mentoring him through dealing with the, the bully. bully. Yeah. And then once the bully leaves, he just flips back into I'm gonna kill this kid. Like that was a very hilarious. But I feel like it just <laughs> because it's standing on top of this shit pile that is the rest of the movie overall. It just did not do it for me. I thought it was straight up offensive a lot well. of it. <laughs> like the fucking like. Just especially just the like just gender and how the women are portrayed in totally, this. Totally. And like the girl's like shot in a boob and she's like, Oh my god, what I'm am never, I gonna do with what am one I gonna do tit? with my life? You, yeah. And just yeah. the way like so just that's brutal. This like that makeout scene with the two girls for no reason that just lingers in slow motion for mm-hmm, so long. Mm-hmm. Well they don't put any nudity in, right? And they like I don't think there's nudity. I when, think when they have like a sexy character, she's wearing the cheerleader uniform, but it's like it's got a, a top that's like a choker up to her neck, and mm-hmm. she immediately gets like shot, gets blood all over. Her. I feel like maybe you're right. I feel like it's the it's, presentation the reason, is definitely yeah, like I feel like the reasons it's doing that and not showing full nudity is because this movie is marketed to twelve year old boys. <laughs> it is, and so they can't show nudity because they can't make it you know too high of a rating. Sure. The kids can't get into it. But they can have like girls, two girls making out for no reason in like insane slow motion mm-hmm. shot, like almost pornographically. Sure. Then I'm like, what the f- fucking move on? Like, what is this bullshit? Fair enough. The, yeah, that's that is total bullshit. So the yeah. second movie I watched that night, I'm ready to move <laughs> on unless you have final notes about Babysitter. Yeah, just to like quantify it now that we both have our opinions out. I just didn't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Was entertained, but like you're totally right, man. It is dog shit. It it's, is dog shit. It'll be it'll be long forgotten. Totally. Yeah, I'm not gonna remember it for long. Yeah. On the other hand, better watch out. Um, is another one. This is a Shutter exclusive, mm-hmm. and it's very much kind of the same premise. It's like a boy that's way too old to be babysat, and his forty one close friend. Huh? He's forty one. He's forty one years old. <laughs> and the the teenage girl babysitter is coming over to take care of him, and there's kind of like intruders trying to get in while he's being babysat, and that's kind of the kickoff. And cool. At the top of the movie, the first like 10, 15 minutes, it just feels very paint by numbers and cliche. And you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. Intruders are going to come in. They're going to fight them off. Mm-hmm. What, Whatever. And then it starts to pick up steam like 10, 15 minutes in and like kind of these kind of the plot goes in directions that you didn't think it was going to go. And this is kind of a testament to some of the performances in the movie. Hmm. And then like once, once it locks into what the movie is and where it's going, it is very, very entertaining. 
Okay. Um, so I did, I did really, really enjoy um, watching this movie once it started. I'd give that one like a three, three and a half stars out of five. Oh, okay. So, okay out of five. And like, it's just, a little better. It's like, it's not, both of these movies aren't scary in any sense of the world. Mm-hmm. They're more like more fun kind of um, movies that really rely on horror beats and horror premises. Totally, but, totally. But take them in like a really accessible way that most people could watch these movies. Um, so yeah, it's not scary, but it's a very, very fun movie. My one note would be it really sucks that they didn't show more gore because there are some mm. things that happen in this movie that you just want to see the gore so badly. Okay. Unlike other movies that we're watching next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There are some quite unlike other movies that we will never watch on this podcast. We're never gonna watch. Um, there's like there's just certain things that happen, and I just kept being like, "Show it, show it," and they wouldn't. Yeah, okay. They would. So they shy. That's away. a big. That's a big sin. That it is, is a really big it sin is if they, to imply the gore and not not go there with the practical effects was a real bummer. Yeah, the, to dangle that carrot. Yeah, yeah. That's but, not much. You need to watch this movie. It's it's okay. fun. It's a lot of fun. It's light. I think you can watch it with Jody. Like it's not sweet. It's not overly terrifying. And it's just a better version of that kind of babysitter with the, like there's a cliche hot teen babysitter and the young prepubescent boy mm-hmm. who is trying to deal with his feelings towards her. Yeah. In the logical context. Yeah. I definitely recommend that. Out of the two, better watch out is a better one. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. I'm totally down. And that led me to just wondering about the best babysitting horror movie in general. Huh. Which I think maybe it's, we should release a little Twitter, release that question out to the Twitterverse and Twitter see can what us. they think. What is the best one? I mean, to me, the most obvious one would be Halloween because that's technically a babysitting horror movie. Okay. But, um, okay, so it's just that there's babysitting as a premise or that the babysitter is the problem? Mm, babysitting as a premise. That, like, as just a premise. Okay, so yeah, ha- Halloween will be high up on the list. Halloween will be very high up. And I would also put Ty West's House of the Devil which mm. is very much like these two movies in that you have like a teenage girl babysitter and even some of the themes come very close to the actual babysitter movie by McGee. Um, but <laughs> oh, yeah, McGee. I'd be curious to see what you think about this. Cause you didn't respond well to his other movie, uh, the innkeepers. You thought that was a little slow. Yeah. The innkeepers was so house of the devil is a little slow too, but I think it's, it has a, a really satisfying big payoff. I like Innkeepers, but it doesn't have as big of a payoff as yeah, no, House of the Devil. It does not. And House of the Devil is period piece. Like it's it's set in the eighties, even though he made it in two thousand nine. Um okay, cool. That yeah, sounds that it's that fun. has a feeling to me like um we are still here. Totally. It's yeah. got like an aesthetic, nostalgic kind of yeah. weird flair. Um a nostalgic period piece is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you like the sacrament a lot. So you clearly haven't yeah. given up on Ty West as a director. I like Ty West. I think Ty West is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Oh yeah. Uh, is he? Uh, you're next. No, that's Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett. That's Adam. Oh my God. Yeah, dude. Those heroes. Dude, I was mixing that up for so long. Oh yeah. It yeah. makes sense. They're all in the same little group of these horror yeah, yeah, indie right. directors who made so many great films from like 2008 to 2013, 2014. Sure. Like that was a golden age of indie horror making with all of those. Those people. And some of them are still sticking around. Some of them are migrating. Ty West did like a Western movie a couple years ago that I thought oh, was okay. On the nose, Mr. West. Come on, man. Jeez. It's, my, it's his namesake. He's got to. Yeah. Do one about being up in the north, the Snowlands. <laughs> Talk about that. Actually, his next project is about a tie maker. <laughs> <laughs> did a Western, did a tie movie. Oh, dude, that got me. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> this Dave and Christery. Should we even not bother? We have like a half hour intro as it is. What is the movie? 
funny games let's talk about funny games funny games is this dave and chris Reeves. we're not gonna have 10 minutes of content about frankenfish dude where we yeah i'll cut some of that uh this is the segment where we talk about a movie we watched movie we watched one year ago today and that movie was funny games Mm, funny games and so not the original nope the the remake uh, shot for shot remake done by the same same director director and writer and i have not watched the original but i've rewatched the remake uh like three or four times now because i keep coming back to it well, i love it well i mean that i feel like that movie something about like the performance and the how deliberate every line is you know being able to chew on every single thing that they say mm-hmm. and their delivery and like being able to infer their little infighting and stuff yeah. i think it is very based on not having a language barrier which i think makes the remake mm-hmm. although it seems somewhat i don't know like indulgent ma- makes it makes perfect sense you raise a good point. I still feel obligated somewhat to go back and watch the original at sure. some point, but I, I fully agree. It, like it'd I just, be academic, man, wouldn't it? It would. And I, I just, I love this one so much. I love yeah. Michael Pitt and Bradley Colbert's performances yeah. as the two dudes. I was on a list of like, if you li- like look up any list of like best horror movies, you're... Yeah, you're going to have to read through f- like 50 before things start overlapping because there's like of all time, mm-hmm. of like the past three years, there's like 70 different lists like that. Of the, in the past two years, whatever it is, according to people with bad opinions, but you're going to get bogged down with a whole bunch of bad suggestions. I came across a list that I had seen most of the movies and I agreed with most of them and it was going back to like Body Snatchers was on the list. Mm. Wreck was on the list. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to watch it. It's nice. an hour 15. Why not? Is it that tight? Wow. It's so short, dude. It's the easiest movie in the world to watch, and it's so good. Nice. Um, but uh, Send me that list, by the way. Sure. Um, or send it to me when this episode comes out, <laughs> when you hear and are reminded. <laughs> um, and the original Funny Games of the two of them, mm. it's the original that's okay. on that list. Yeah. Which, and like I said, I agreed with most, like just about everything. I'm like, yeah. Martyrs and- was on it. Audition was on it. Um, several that we've done. Great. I wonder yeah. if it's a list you're looking at. Could be, yeah. There's, there's one that I keep coming back to in particular, but I'd be curious to share. Yeah. Because, yeah, as horror fans, just like you, Scaredy Cats are as well, I imagine you tend to just keep lists bookmarked of like mm-hmm. horror movies you must see before you die or best horror movies of the last yeah. decade just things i have that, i have like screenshots in my photo albums on my phone of things that i've just screenshot i'm like we should probably check this out eventually yeah i have like saved links on facebook Tons that of i never go things. back to yeah and then one day you will and you're like oh yeah i wanted to check that one out and you'll realize on that list or something was like a splinter or a troll hunter totally you know stuff like that but yeah, Michael like I, Michael Hanukkah was so unique in breaking that fourth wall. And he did it with that other movie I did for Scare and Tell a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, uh, Cash or Cache. And um, yeah, there's something so interesting about playing with that, playing with the idea that this is a mm-hmm. movie into the plot of the movie itself. Yeah, the, that was one of the coolest, like right in the middle of the movie, there's this weird twist that doesn't really even mean anything to you mm-hmm. when you see it happens. It's just like the fucking fuck. So would I watch Funny Games right now? 100%. Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. That's one of the best movies you've ever made me watch. And that's that's what's so key about the, at least these kinds of films that he does is that you're not aware that the fourth wall is being broken until you're already invest, well invested yeah. in the plot. Then it it twists on you and you're like, oh, what? what is happening? And this happens with Cash and it happens in Funny Games. Mm-hmm. And the scene that comes to mind is that incredibly long drawn mm-hmm. out right after Same the kid's here. been shot. Same here. 
I think about that all the time. Like, it's like how a do you 15 minute that? shot or it's something? Insane. How like if you haven't seen Funny Games, check out our episode. Check out the movie. Um, you'll know the shot we're talking about. You'll know it's this really super long shot of and that performance for Naomi Watts to be tied oh, up and just oh to remain God. standing there doing nothing for the first couple minutes and then like get up and try to hop. Yeah, like yeah, incredible. Just incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think about that a lot. And the golf ball rolling in, of course. That, oh God, that's, that's so chilling. Yeah, chilling. That movie is a, <laughs> that movie is an experience. It's a great, great home invasion movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I think we've we've said what we need to do. We did our scare and tell. We did our this Dave and Chris three. We introed the app. We've said it all. We we talked about the mythos behind Frankenfish. We did our own history. We dedicated it to Xena. I think Chris. Uh, it's hard to be sure because we've been drinking, but I think we're ready to clink our glasses together and watch the movie Frankenfish. It's happening. Cheers. Cheers. Hello, Frankenfish, my old friend. We've come to swim with you again. And though the bayou softly bleeding, and the baby Frankenfish get the drum dude. That was my favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah, man. That was just great. The last three seconds <laughs> of the movie were thoroughly enjoyable, mm-hmm. as well as three second intervals here and there throughout the rest of it. Mm. That was just, I don't know, just exactly what you would have expected. That's the kind of movie that that needs help to win a Twitter poll. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's exactly what I expected it. It was just yeah. like hard to watch mid 2000s CGI. Yeah. I can't believe that the dude <laughs> who did, who was involved with Jurassic Park or The Abyss, <laughs> which makes me think he must have had very small roles in those movies. Yeah. Like uh, Movie Ruiner was his role in both of those. <laughs> the, the best moments of Frankenfish were when it was like he was on a dock or yeah. in a house and they had to deal with like a practical fish head. Yeah. That when it had to go practical, that's when it was the most exciting. Yes. I agree with that. And uh, I mean, we get one really good scene um, where the fish jumps up onto one of the Frankenfish mm-hmm. jumps up onto the dock where um, the Scarface dude says who he's going to, he's going to kill the fish. He's, he gets like pinned down and immediately pulls the trigger on a practical effect mm-hmm. kill of one of the big Frankenfish. Blows its brain out. It looks great. Yep. It's just sitting there. That was very satisfying. That was great. And hilarious that he's just immediately starts cooking the thing. Yeah, he just flips it over <laughs> and then it starts to look like a, a beanbag chair. He uh-huh. flips it over, cuts it out, pulls the so heart casually. out of its like tail. Not even a moment to reflect. Just like instantly like, it's dead. Yeah. I'm going to put it on the barrel. Fire. Yeah, and it's sort of like the writer, you clearly see the writers for that one is like, they showed him popping up out of the water when they were sitting in the boat. And he's like, I'm going to kill the thing who killed what's his name. And then he pops back in the water and disappears. It's crazy stupid. And then he ends up killing one of them mm-hmm. and immediately starts barbecuing its heart. Awesome. Yeah. Great. That character was shoehorned or not shoehorned. Uh, bookended nicely, very shortly lived and gets to kill one and gets killed by one. Great. And it like eats, it eats his side. Yeah, it's like not gnawing into his ribs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of those moments were like, okay, you know, if they made this movie like five, ten years later, it would have been just as bad, but would have looked better. Mm -hmm. Um, It made me want to watch Anaconda, which I loved as a kid. Yeah, me too. It's very similar. 
Yeah, it just unbelievably bad CGI. Even oh then, even then when we were young. Yeah. Like look, looking at Anaconda, you're like this is the worst part of the movie, but But what I at least at least that's like self-aware enough to have the snake puke up John Voight. <laughs> and then John Voight winks at the character and then falls and claps. Do you remember this? A little bit. Oh god, yeah, yeah. it's there are some amazing moments that stick with me. Yeah, Anaconda. I think a couple things will stick with me. Well, I mean, I've been drinking, so maybe not. But um, there's a couple things that I just liked about it. I liked that even though it was terrible, like 2004 CGI, mm-hmm. we saw a lot of Frankenfish jumping out of the water. A lot of the fin, a lot of that under the water grayscale looking. Way more Frankenfish than we saw a shark in 47 meters down. Boom. For All sure. Right. Perfect 40, comparison. 47 meters down is like popular and people like it. They're making a sequel out of it. Yeah. You don't see as much bullshit shark that does nothing as mm-hmm. we see bullshit Frankenfish that does lots of things. That's true. But at least 47 <laughs> meters down, we have like characters that are acting semi, like even that was bad acting. But I feel like 47 meters down was Oscar worthy compared to what the fuck ever all these <laughs> like extras are doing uh-huh. in this movie. Except for what's his face, who I think his name is John Boone when I was IMDb searching him. The guy from Sons of Anarchy and 30 yes, Days of Night and Last Man on Earth, who should be the lead of this movie because he's just the best actor by far yeah. in that whole group. Yeah, and the main guy was good enough. Yeah. So it's like he's out there solving he, a murder. And he's he's the main character in uh, a movie in the Deep South. That's I like that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that's nice to see. You know, just the, them taking this is all just about people getting killed by a Frankenfish. We get this weird introduction of like the mob and how there's this like mob boss kind of guy who is so in, ridiculous, instrumental in creating the Frankenfish because just, he, yeah. he wanted to create something that like it feels good to hunt and kill. Because it can kill you. I feel like Simon Barrett was just drunk one night, wrote this in two hours, submitted it. Like, it just... The whole mob thing is ridiculous. <laughs> For them to go out, like... And they just needed to bring a few more characters into the fold. Yeah. And provide a means for them to get back out of there. Have that speedboat that they arrived on. Yeah. 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 And I think that's that's good enough. That's what we need in this type of movie. Um, but along the way, things that you need to happen in a Frankenfish. Okay. You need several uh, of the sets to explode. Mm-hmm. You need most of the characters to be killed by the Frankenfish in different ways each time. Slightly different ways, which is hard because it's just a fish with teeth. Yeah. So it can like knock you out of a boat in creative ways. Yeah. It, it can get it can climb up on land a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it can decapitate you. Yeah. <laughs> it can, and it can just bite various parts of your body. So can, that's why we got different kinds yeah. of attacks. And we got uh, one guy was thrown into the the fan boat's fan. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Wasn't he like checked into the fan? Kind of checked. By, thrown, yeah. As a fish swam around it. Good move, Frankenfish. Good move, Frankenfish. No one calls it Frankenfish at any point. The title Frankenfish is just specifically a marketing thing. A hundred percent. To like combine (laughs) the word Frankenstein with fish to try to get you in on the fact that it's a killer fish. There's no Frankenstein element. I wanted a Frankenstein element. No, yeah, I wanted like some kind of a mad scientist or weird Louisiana dude. Making fish gators. Making making zombie fish. Like electrocuting old fish by putting a bunch of things. Something like that. Gator parts going onto a fish. You have, yeah, you have the title there. So I assumed that that would supplement it, but it wasn't at all. It's just a big ass killer fish. Yeah, we get, it's implied that it's like made in a lab or it's like scientifically engineered. Mm-hmm. The guy says like, we've been eating genetically engineered salmon for years and nobody talks about it. Whatever that But that's was. not, yeah, again, it's like an <laughs> offhanded compliment. It's not center. Whereas I would have wanted like the scientist who was involved in the genetic engineering to be a part of it. Like in, yeah. I think, Eight-Legged Freaks, that's, which is a similar kind of movie, but I yeah. think better done. 
you know better <laughs> effects better acting leaning more into the camp in a satisfying way it felt like we were watching relic hunter or some kind of like midday yeah. boring like space channel show it was like kind of like duck dynasty mm-hmm. goes like 2000 cgi bloody mm-hmm. yeah. it, was, it was painful dude i loved it mm. i had a great time but i mean but to be fair we were drinking and mostly talking to each other yeah. So that did help. No, I enjoyed being with you watching this movie. <laughs> that was fun. But I was really angry at the screen the whole time for just all the stuff that was happening on the screen. I Well, the thing is, um, this came up in a Twitter poll for the extra episode. So this uh-huh. could have happened to us way earlier. Totally. And back then, I had like resigned myself to like shitty blood and effects. Just show me as much Frankenfish as you can. Mm-hmm. I think they delivered on that incredibly low expectation. <laughs> Yeah, for, for me, like in 2004, like, do you think that competes at the very least with like the CGI that's out on the scene? Do you think it competes as like a blood fest? Blood fest, not. I think it's a bad time, and I can't. It's hard to imagine. <laughs> it's hard to imagine a time where we'll look back at all these cheap CGI movies from those mid 2000s, and I'm sure there are just as bad ones that come out now. But mm-hmm. there's just like there's something that's not enduring about bad CGI entirely. You know, yeah. like I feel like even the ones that we call bad practical effects movies of the eighties extra. Like that's still a huge budget with a hardworking practical effects team that is making a really crazy ass looking thing. And that weird tube thing coming out of the lady that's spewing egg, spewing eggs yeah. in extra yeah, 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 yeah. is infinitely more interesting and better looking than all the stuff in this movie put together. There's it, just something about C like CGI yeah. mid two thousands that just does not work. Dude, I must agree with you and issue some sort of apologies for putting the two on a similar level. Because mm-hmm. as far as, effe- as uh, effects are, are concerned, like, Extro is, like, unbelievably interesting. I will rewatch Extro. I will never rewatch this. I'm never watching this again. Unless... <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe there's some, Maybe I'm, like, bringing on the circumstance that I will watch again by saying and declaring it, but... Uh, yeah, I think you've made it a bit of a, a taboo movie now. It just, but this is just so clearly, like, a dumb <laughs> TV movie. Totally. That is just meant to be sh- like done and shot out as quickly as possible and there's just no heart no care put into the performances the writing this is just yeah. like to yeah, me yeah. this is like a soulless movie except for the few moments of all right practical effects and even like i said at the very top that last scene where all the baby frankenfish <laughs> which are cute little frankenfish <laughs> are coming in and devouring the guy in the mud i that was great yeah that was awesome and devouring one of the most what turned out to be likable characters in the movie yeah that guy became very funny as he became a little drunker. That's true. He was so much more boring and uninteresting in the first half of the yeah. movie. Yeah, and then it turns out like his little quips became very funny and mm-hmm. like his like not being affected every time, you know, somebody got killed or a somebody's houseboat got destroyed. I mean, like I get how in a movie like Dog Soldiers you end up destroying every set that you are in. In a swamp movie like this, like the fact that it's a shitty CGI fish and you end up also destroying every single piece of everything that was in the movie. Uh-huh. Kind of great. A lot of explosions. Like whenever I looked at that fish, I just kind of like blurred my vision. I'm like <laughs> just be a fish. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, man, a little alcohol, a little Frankenfish. I had a pretty good time. I'm so glad we were drinking that. That I, definitely elevated it. I, uh, and another thing, like when the fish was jumping and like side swiping people, like mm-hmm. it had that sort of like fish curved in like a C shape, like jumping half sideways, mm-hmm. like the motion of the, of the animation was kind of good. 
Like it looked stupid. The lighting was wrong. It has that thing that catches your brain about bad CGI. But then at the same time, like it, as somebody who will still go back and play like retro games uh, to make this a very small Dave's game corner. Oh, I want to play a game. Yeah. Dave's in the corner playing games. Want to play a game. The, those animations, if they're at least puppeteered well, my brain that has had tons of practice in allowing bad effects to go mm-hmm. at least goes like, that's how a fish moves. <laughs> that's kind of cool. And then just seeing like an incredibly generous spray of red, like 2,000 gallons more blood than is in any human body, mm-hmm. spray everywhere all over the bayou, you know, <laughs> shooting one of the, like seeing that fin coming, like, cause when they just had to animate the fin, it was a little bit better. Like some of those moments, like taken alone in a trailer or something. I don't know. It was enough for Drunk Dave to go like, yeah, Frankenfish. So I, I didn't love it either. Thought it was a piece of shit that I had a great time watching and cannot thank Xena enough. For making this happen <laughs> sooner than it would have otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. It would never have won a Twitter poll, like I said. And I'm equally happy just in the fact that it's over. And <laughs> I, I also had a great time just drinking with you and shitting all over this movie. Um, so if you just want to watch a terrible movie with some friends and drink and laugh at how how awful it is i think there are better choices but <laughs> if you can't access yeah, those better leprechaun choices is what you want to do yeah like a good fun <laughs> campy one that's a better use of your time uh i hope to never watch a movie like this ever again but it's inevitable i do hope to continuously you know crash this podcast and make our twitter polls win these kinds of movies mm-hmm. for the rest of time that was there's awesome. no shortage of them like, good i feel like if we are going to watch movies like frankenfish then we should at least go back to the roger corman classics like wasp woman you know what i mean like those ones of the (laughs) 40s and 50s that are kind of recognized as the early crazy creature ones just because that has a little historical significance as opposed to this will this will be for i can't believe this is not forgotten yet like it's crazy that It's because of hardworking people like David Stombra and Zena who get these things brought back on, onto the center stage with a spotlight on them and we talk about them. Well, congrats to the director and the other writer of this movie because your Google <laughs> alert went off this week <laughs> and you found out that some motherfuckers in Canada had a 15-minute conversation about Frank and Pish. <laughs> we did our very best <laughs> to talk about all components of this movie, of which there are very few. I think we covered it entirely. That's, I think so. That's all there is to it. And that's all there is. Well, let's go to some Instagram comments. Instagram, Instagram On Splinter, remote part on Instagram said, underrated horror film. And Jamie O'Rourke said, rally good film. <laughs> R-A-L-L-Y We will not let you get away with any typos here on Texker Save Saw Yeah <laughs> We sound things out here on this podcast But I get what Jamie's saying Rally around this movie Because it's a great movie to rally around I mean I would I would rather watch Splinter 18 times a day Than having to watch Frank and Fish ever again So yeah. I fully agree And Splinter is just a blast Yeah We actually have another um, post here Or another comment on our Splinter post um, By I Love Blood mm. Which is I love this movie I thought you said you love blood And congrats on getting the handle I Love Blood I Love Blood That's that's <laughs> impressive Yeah I mean I'm a little envious about that So um, I Love Blood says I love this movie High on my You gotta see this list mm. Yeah Yeah Splinter is Does all things well compared to <laughs> it's a great one to like i get it on the you've got to see this because it's a great one to mm-hmm. recommend it's like yeah. 
very widely appealing, I think. Yeah, it has way more to, it delivers way more than the premise suggests or its budget suggests or mm -hmm. the title suggests. Yeah. It's, it's a solid, solid movie. And I think honestly, what helps its case a lot is that compelling poster. Like just that hand yeah. with the needle sticking out yeah. that while I still, it required that, you to push me to see it. Yeah. I was always compelled by it because it looks great. Like was, it's enticing. That's the most compelling part of it from like a distance is that poster. But then that poster with the title alone is also like, yeah, I might remember seeing this, but then choosing no every time. Cause that's just the most like typical seeming mm. splinter and there's spikes on it. Okay, sure. Whatever horror movie. I yeah. can forget this, but like, like but that it, it's not. No, no, no. And that's an example, like what year is Splinter? I want to say 2009, 2010? 2009? Yeah, is that? So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> five years after Frankenfish and the CGI is impeccable in that. It looks yeah. amazing. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's considerably better. <laughs> it's super watchable. But I mean, it's it's better in every way. <laughs> Absolutely. That goes without saying. So thanks for your comments, guys. I love blood and uh, remote part and Jamie O'Rourke. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Well, Scaredy Cats, we did it. Watch Frankenfish here on the Texture Stave Saw Massacre. Better movies next week. I'm Chris Vandenberg. And I'm David Stonebra. And as always, Chaos Reigns, Chaos Reigns, Chaos Reigns, Chaos Reigns. Only watch if you've been drinking, because it's bad. Rain. It's bad. Frankenfish is bad. It's so bad. Make sure you're drinking. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Bye you. <laughs> Damn it. Nice.